It's Daily Thunder, the special holiday edition. The Ellerslie campus is closed through Christmas break, but Daily Thunders are still booming forth daily through this podcast. For those of you that like to enjoy Daily Thunder live and in person on the Ellerslie campus, mark your calendars for our relaunch on Monday, January 13th. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. This episode is a part of a special commemorative series featuring Ellerslie staff picks for the best Daily Thunder episodes of 2019 and is delivered by Eric Ludi. You know how significant this is right here? You guys don't have any idea. You're just in here, you know, casually uh, sitting there with your water. Uh, is that water? Oh, is that coffee? With your coffee. Uh, and... Little do you know how significant uh, this day is. So this is the first installment. We haven't announced that we're doing this, which is why we have this little uh, audience today, uh, which is great. Uh, this, is, this is our practice, and Nathan and I are realizing how much practice we need uh, as we've been going through this, because I'm driving in, and I'm calling, it's like, who's in charge of this? How are we going to do this? <laughs> it's like all the logistics come to the surface when you need to do something. But what we're going to be doing is beginning something which is called the Daily Thunder, and it will be streamed uh, every day, and uh, it's the equivalent of like daily church, so it's daily coming to the roaring campfire and finding that warmth and that fresh brand from the fire to carry into your day, and the desire that we have, because what we have at Ellerslie when we're here is Daily Thunder. That's what we have. But then when you go home, you don't have that same daily oomph that is being sort of that uh, fresh shot of adrenaline, spiritual adrenaline into your soul. And we as a staff have been taking steps forward and cultivating this. So we've been meeting twice a week during the week uh, just as sort of a warm-up for us to get us ready for daily. Okay, that's a big step for us, daily. And uh, yet, I think the daily is what we're wanting for this environment. So someone could come into this environment for one day, just traveling through, because we have people visit all the time. And yet they come, and it's, it could be a ghost town when they're here. And that's just not as encouraging as when there's life uh, here. And so what we're doing is we're revamping. That's what you guys are a part of this week. We're actually overhauling some different things on our campus to facilitate some new beginning points. And so we're, that's what I'm saying. You guys have no idea how significant this is. This is massive. So uh, you guys ready for our first installment? Uh, okay, it's going to be good too. All right, all right, so brace yourself. Do those things have seat belts, by the way? Uh, all right, never judge something by the size of an audience. This could be the greatest message ever. All right, let's pray. Father, as we uh, come before you this, this morning, we have expectancy, at least I do, Lord, and I pray that that same expectancy would swell inside of every one of us that is here, that you are doing something mighty in our midst. Lord, that you are inviting us into something that is significant in this generation. Lord, we represent a generation that is cherishing its darkness, that has love for darkness. And Lord Jesus, we, in contrast, have love for truth, for light, and we have love for Jesus Christ. We love the work of the Holy Spirit and we love the fact that we are brought by that grand work of the Holy Spirit and the shed blood of Jesus unto the throne of grace where we can know our Father. 
And I pray, Lord, that we as the church of Jesus Christ would celebrate this reality this morning, that we would be stirred afresh to do exploits today, to love boldly, to love bravely, to love with our words and our deeds, to look for people today that have never heard of the love of Jesus and to share it with them. Lord, stir us today, and I pray that this first installment of the Daily Thunder would be anointed by you, and that each of us here would see more clearly the living God. Lord, we submit this time to you. We consecrate, not just today, but this entire morning daily church. Lord, may it be like a roaring campfire that those that are chilled in their soul could find warmth. Those that are dull in their spiritual senses could be made alive. It's in the precious name we pray. Amen. So I've been gathering on Sunday, Sunday nights, I think it's been the last four, with fathers and sons. It's a burden I have, this, this whole thing of an impartation of a father to a son. And of course, when Hudson, uh, at way too young of an age, okay, he was like 12, and suddenly he has hairy legs. It's like, okay, something's out of control here. And then whew, he shoots up, and his voice is like, hey, how you doing, Dad? You know, it's just like not right. And so it forced me into a mode of readiness and a little trepidation, I have to admit, that I need to begin to impart. Because I've always imparted. Since Hudson's been young, I've been imparting to him a vision of manhood. But this is an extra special dose of it. Because now he is, in becoming a man physically, he is... He is ready to understand things in life that before this, he's just not equipped to fully understand. So it's a, it's a, it's a time in life which is very significant for a father. And yet, uh, a lot of times, fathers have been out of step with this process. And so we represent a generation where fathers weren't imparted to themselves, and so as a result, they don't know to impart. And so these young boys are oftentimes flailing. And uh, the illustration I've oftentimes used is that they are entering into battle. It's like being dropped from a, a plane, a, a transport plane, into enemy fire, but they're not told that what's happening at all. So they're just shoved out of a plane. It's like, what's going on? As they're falling through the air. Uh, they have no idea that they've been equipped with a parachute. No one has ever told them that they have a pole cord that no one's ever told them that they need to land. They're going to be landing on some hard earth in the very near future and that there's a proper role, you know, that they go through so they don't break their legs. They've never been told that there's an enemy that is waiting with guns trained on them to take them out. They have no idea what's happening to them. They were just a boy yesterday, and now suddenly they're becoming a man. They're entering into soldier work. And so most men start with broken legs, captured, stuck in a POW camp, and they are already hostage to the systems of darkness before they even recognize what it means to be a man, okay? So I've been gathering with these fathers and sons, and we're it's been extremely powerful because we're walking through the idea of what is taking place from boy to manhood and the significance spiritually of it, the terrain of this. So... <clears throat> there are three things. This is, this is, look at this title. There are three things. Now, if you've gone through Ellerslie, that's like great humor. Okay, that, because that, that uh, 
reverberates back to those days of my most embarrassing moment. And this isn't that, okay? There really are three things. But that is, it does have this sort of double layer uh, of humor. But there are three things. I want you to get into my skin as a father here for a second, okay? Now, I'm going to talk earthly father to earthly son for a second. But what I'm doing is I'm paralleling something. And it all, it matters to us, okay? Because, you know, Amanda is sitting in front of me going, how does this relate to me? Uh, And that's fine. Uh, It does. Uh, But at first, you need to recognize I'm talking father, son. That there are three things that I desire my son to have. So in this proper handoff, like if I'm going to die as a father, what do I want to hand to my son before I leave? So if I knew I was departing, I want to give him something. What is that? And it's a certain baton, if you were talking in the track and field sense. It's a, but it's, it's dense and it's weighty. There's something in it that has life. And I want to impart that to my son. So I'm going to walk through that really quick. And in so doing, I want you to catch a vision for what I have a burden for here on this campus. And what I want you to have a burden for as far as in your life conveying to other people because this isn't just father son this is body of christ to dying world okay because this dying world is being thrust into enemy territory they have no clue what's up they, no, no one's ever even told them what's which end is up which end is down they don't have a clue there are pow's before they're even awakened to the reality of spiritual matters it's the same exact parallel and so i want that same burden to be in us okay So here are the three things. I want my son to know that he is in Christ. Okay, now that isn't just something I tell him. It's like, hey, you're in Christ. No, he has to be in Christ, which means he has to know the truth. He has to know his lostness. He has to call upon the living God. He has to know his position in Christ. He has to be firm in it. I want him to have a full assurance in his position so that if someone comes up to him, pokes him in the chest and says, so tell me your position. He goes, I'm in Christ, sir. He says, are you sure about that? And then he looks back and goes, I am very sure, sir. Are you certain that you're in Christ? I am certain, sir. Okay? That's the sort of concreteness I want to see formed in him. Because a lot of people, I could say, so what's your position? And they could say, I'm in Christ. Are you sure? Well, now that you bring it up, I'm not exactly sure. I was just giving you the answer you wanted. You see, what we want is sureness. That's what I want in Hudson. I want Hudson to have a sureness in his salvation. I want him to know that he knows that he knows. What's he basing that sureness on? Well, there's two key things in his life. First of all, the promise of Scripture. If he has confidence in the promise of Scripture, he knows God cannot lie. He has placed his faith in Christ. He knows that God's promise is sure, so therefore, boom, it solidifies his understanding. The other is the seal of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit gives that assurance. He's the, actually the one that gives the assurance, you are in Christ. But what he's feeding off of, what he's building off of, is the concrete confidence in the text of Scripture, in the promise of God. However, those things need to work together. So that's one of my passion points for Hudson. I want him to know that he is in Christ. So put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I want Hudson to put off the old and I want him to put on the new and I want him to know that he is in that super suit. I want him to know that he is in the righteousness of Christ. That in the day of judgment, he is not under wrath, but he is in the righteous one. He is in the very judge himself who is coming to judge the quick and the dead. I want him to know that. I want him to have that confidence in that day. What else? I want him to know that Christ is in him. This is a really fascinating statement. I want him to know that the Holy Spirit, 
of God dwells in him. This is a very significant thing. And so if someone came up to him, poked him in the chest and says, so is Christ in you? Do you have the Holy Spirit, son? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you been immersed in his life? Has his life overcome your body? Are your faculties under his control? Does he lead your life? Is he Lord of your existence? He is, sir. Are you sure about that? Yes, I am, sir. Are you certain about this? Yes, sir, I am. Okay, now, what I just brought up, for even those of you listening, it's an interesting exercise. It's like, well, how would I respond to that? Do I know that the Holy Spirit is in me? Do I know? What are some of the evidences in Scripture? You have love. You have love for God. You have love for others. You care about others. You used to only think about yourself, but now you think about others. That's an evidence. It really is. How about this? Joy. Joy that doesn't make any sense. Why would you be happy? Look, you're a Christian. The world is against you. I know. I love, I love life. I have the life of God in me. I have peace. Peace that passes understanding. Though the rains of difficulty are coming upon my life, there is a, there's a sense of peace that I have. How about the fact that I care about what God cares about and that I don't want to sin anymore? It's like I'm not satisfied with sin. In fact, when I sin, I'm miserable and I don't want sin in my life. What is that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, if the Holy Spirit's in your life, he's holy. And something holy being in you means anything unholy just doesn't fit anymore. And so those attributes when cultivated by the Holy Spirit, bring a sureness to our life. Now, there's a lot of other aspects that can flow out of the Holy Spirit, functionalities. There can be greater understanding of people in need. There's wisdom that you can have and understand that you would not have otherwise. You can actually know someone across the room needs the word of God. They need the hope of the gospel. How'd you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit is working within you. And I can tell you stories throughout history that are mind-boggling of what God has done. I remember one of my favorite, the, uh, the, I think it was the Moravians that come over to Japan. And they pray, none of them speak Japanese. But they feel burdened to share the gospel with the Japanese. So they pray for six months, sort of locked up in a room. They pray, pray, pray all day long, every day for six months. And every single one of them, after some movement of the Holy Spirit, speak fluent Japanese and go out to share the gospel. It's like, okay, that happened. Now, that's not normal, but that's the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have a must in our life. If I'm going to pass something off to Hudson, I need him to know that he is in Christ and that Christ is in him. What good does it do if I leave him with just the in Christ and he doesn't recognize that, well, what's, you're in Christ, why? So that you can be brought to the heavenly throne of grace so you can ask the Father for the life of Jesus to now be in you. How do you think you're going to function in this body down here on this earth? In your own Adam's strength? In Christ's strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In the power of his might. The great secret of Christianity isn't just being in Christ. It's Christ being in you. It's the exchange that takes place. My life for his. So what else do I want Hudson to know? Okay, I'm passing off the baton. I'm about, I'm fading. Daddy's fading. And I want him to grab something before I leave. What is it? Oh, there's going to be a scripture after this. So this is still with the second one. Sorry, I bait you for, I bait you for the third one. And then here we have the second one still. 
To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is a hope of glory, and it's that Christ would enter into us, and that's the hope of how God's glory will be seen in this generation. It's going to only be seen that way. Okay, here's the third one. I want Hudson to know that he is a man. So this, this goes deep into that uh, one territory that's sometimes hard to describe. Why does it matter if a father says to his son, you're a man, my son? It's like, why, do, why does that matter? You can, you're a man. Look at You shave. You, know, you have hairy legs. You have a deep voice. Uh, you, 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 know, you look like a man. Everything about you is manly. You, know, you even play football. You're a man. Yeah, but there's something more that happens. You guys remember the movie Courageous where they're sitting at that picnic table and uh, that one Alex Kendrick character, I don't remember his name in the, in the movie, he's, he says, hey, can I ask you guys a question? When did you know that you were a man? And that Javier guy, remember, remember him? Javier is my, like my favorite character in that movie. Uh, he says, well, my dad told me. What, a, what an interesting statement because there is manly attributes you could be a man physically, but not know that you're a man. And if you don't know that you're a man, follow me on this. If you don't know that you're a man, then when a man job comes, which is difficult, it's like laying down your life for someone. You know, it's the tough stuff, the man job. You're going to back up because you consider yourself a boy. And then a man will step in. I want Hudson to know that he's a man so that he will step up and do man things. If you don't feel like a man, you don't do man things, okay? Now, all of that said, okay, this isn't just a little talk on father-sons. This is a talk on God-church. You see, we have a role. Just like I, have as, a, I as a father have something. It's like as a father, I get this father tote bag, and it has strength in it. It has blessing in it, but it's not for me. It's like bonus stuff that I am given to share with others. I have encouragement to give. The encouragement isn't for me. The encouragement is for others. And so I have this dad tote bag for my children, okay? And I, and I have it. So I can't keep it to myself. I need to speak it. I need to give it. I need to spend it on my children. Now, I can hold it back. I really can. A lot of fathers do because a lot of them just don't know they have it. So they don't even know to give it, Right? When it comes to Christianity, we have the same thing. We have gifts. We have gifts that we are given by God Almighty when the Holy Spirit moves in that aren't for us, which is a strange thing. It's like I have encouragement in here for the body of Christ. I have truth, and yes, it's for me, and yes, ironically, when we give gifts, it encourages us too. It strengthens us. But there's something that we have to give, just like a father to a son. The same things. What does the church need? It needs to know, well, to the church, to those that, yes, they do. In other words, I am doing this for the church. But to those that don't know, have that firmness that they are in Christ. What do they need? They need to have that firmness. To those that don't have the firmness that Christ is in them, what do they need? They need the firmness. They need what only God can bring, but I, you, were facilitators of this. Now, I'm going to give an illustration here. I have a scripture. Uh, I asked Nathan to put in these scriptures, but I forgot that they got put in. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Now, I, I don't know where, 
we got the wrong translation here, Nathan. It's supposed to say, quit you like men. Be strong. But I didn't tell you that. Uh, yeah, that was the King James. And I, just, I was saying, yeah, don't use the King James over here, but use it over here. Yeah, I didn't tell you that, though. That was just my thought. So what this is, is God Almighty, through Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, be men. Okay, and that's actually what the, the Greek word, endrizomai, is. It means be manful. Isn't that an amazing statement? So this is, you know, Amanda, you can, you can uh, jump all over this and go, yeah, I'm supposed to be manful. But this is the same thing that we need to impart. You need to know, church, that you need to behave as the man in this situation. That means you need to lay down your life. You need to step in front and take the bullet. You need to do what the man would do in this situation. So we'll call it the sack of concrete. A sack of concrete, if, if, just, there's a trivial question for you. Is that concrete? A sack of concrete, is that concrete? Isn't that a funny statement? You'd say, well, it has all the ingredients of concrete, but to call it concrete is hard. I mean, it's heavy like concrete, boy, I tell you that. But it's not quite concrete. That's, that's exactly what I would say about a young boy that could be 18, 19, that has all the manly features, but is he a man? Well, he's a sack of concrete. He's a sack of concrete that needs something added to it. What is that something? I don't know. It's hard to explain. But when that father comes in and says, you're a man, and he begins to, it's like that water of, of reality washes through that concrete. It firms him up. And suddenly he begins to behave as concrete ought to behave instead of as a sack of concrete. Well, how about the church of Jesus Christ? I would say the church of Jesus Christ is functioning in a sack state where it's like it knows truths. It has the shape and the form of it. It's heavy in the bag. It has substance. There is something there, but it needs something. It needs that liquid. It needs the living water to it. It needs oomph to it so that it can truly begin to function with firmness, function with strength. So, you know, here we are gathering for our very first daily thunder. Don't you think this is appropriate, guys? What is the daily thunder all about? Well, I could give you a lot of metaphors. The defibrillator is the uh, metaphor that we typically give. You know, you grab the, those two paddles off the wall, the AED, you know, like in the, the grocery store or the shopping center. It's like, and then stick it to the chest of someone who's failing and dying and poof, give them a shock of electricity. That's what we feel at Ellerslie we are called to do. We feel we're called to give a dose of electric current, of strength to something that's waning. Or, I guess, living water to a sack of concrete. So that something that is, has all the right stuff, but isn't functioning as concrete. It's like, is the church full of Christians? You know, that's, that's an interesting question for all of you. Well, you know, the, yeah. You see, something's wrong with the church, and it's hard for us always to put our finger on what it is. And I would say in a simple sense, it's like they're close to understanding what it means to be in Christ. They have all the gospel attributes, but very few of them have actually reckoned themselves dead indeed into sin and alive under Christ. I mean, that's what Paul calls them to do, but they, they don't have the function of Christianity. They have the knowledge of it. And very few of them understand what it means to be owned and operated by the living God and have the Holy Spirit dwell in them. And very few of them understand 
what they're called to. And as I would say to Hudson, you're a man, my son. So that suddenly his shoulders go back, his chest goes out, and he says, yes, dad. And he understands what he is commissioned for in this generation. We as a church don't wait around for someone else to do Christian things. We do them. We're the ones that take the bullets. We're the ones that stand up and do the hard things because we're the Christians. But what if all the church begins to awaken and do that? Watch out, world. That's exciting. Now, for each of you, I want you to process something. Do you know your position? If someone pushes you on the chest, do you know your position? That's, that's a starter. Do you know that you're in Christ? Do you know that Christ is in you? Do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? What should you do if you have any pause? You should go after knowing it. Grab a hold of God like Jacob did in the, uh, at Peniel and say, God, I'm not letting go until I have that full assurance. I need to know these things. Okay, you can always talk to me too. I'd love to help you with that. Third, you need to know, I know this is a little strange, but that you're a man, no. Not necessarily that, but you need to know how you are uniquely commissioned in this generation as a Christian to engage it and that you have all the power, all the authority to bring the name of Jesus to bear in this generation. And unless someone speaks it to you, and Rizomai, quit you like men, be strong, unless you know that you actually are commissioned to do that work, you oftentimes wait for someone else to do it. And you're sheepish instead of bold. All right, let's go after that boldness. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Our live Daily Thunder online stream and our live in-studio Daily Thunder experience will be starting back on Monday, January 13th, when our team returns from their much-deserved holiday break. Meanwhile, we encourage you to plan a visit to our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.